0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of ENS Central's Builder Spotlight. Joining us today is Tim Bokman, CEO of Mailchain. Mailchain is looking to create the new email and messaging standard for Web3, and we cannot wait to hear more about it. So, with that being said, Tim, thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having me here. Yeah, of course. Um, we're really looking forward to hearing more about Mailchain and what you're doing with the project. So, with that being said, would you mind just sharing a little bit of background information on yourself?
1: Absolutely. Um, so I'm Tim, one of the co-founders of MailChain, and we set out to solve the problem of communication in web three. Um, we've got a funny timeline. We started off in 2018, 2019, playing around with what's now an obsolete version of MailChain. Um, we really wanted to prove out that we could send messages using blockchain addresses and, um, build a solution that enabled people to have private communication. Um. That evolved over time and with some market cycles, accelerating some of the use cases, uh, we realized that we needed a much bigger, more robust version that would scale to support essentially humanity's messaging. Um, so in 2021, uh, myself and my co-founder Rob set about to, um, build the new version of MailChain, which, uh, we released in September, 2022, um, and we're now Uh, onboarding folks, working with integration partners, and um, seeing a lot of users come on to use our inbox um, using their Web3 identities, particularly ENS.
0: Awesome. And you personally, did you have previous experience in Web3 or like the tech industry itself before starting MailChain? Yes. um, I have
1: a very non-linear tech path. I started off working in data centers around uh, 2004, and um, I was uh, plugging in servers and bringing, uh, large London media agencies, web projects online, um, for a small company here. And then over time I sort of moved up the stack and I learned how to write some code. Uh, I built a software analytics platform. Um, and then I ended up working at Amazon web services for five and a half years. Um, and there I was in the startup team. So during that time, I probably, worked and helped alongside um, three, 4,000 startups. And after a while, uh, my path led me into the blockchain space. So around 2017, we had a lot of startups coming to us with all these technical needs to run on AWS. And I decided that this was a pretty interesting space. There were new business models, there were new ways of uh, sharing things out, uh, new levels of composability, different open source models, and it was just fascinating to me. So I spent a lot of my time, probably about 80%, uh, trying to help blockchain startups and make sure that my role at AWS kept me working with these startups. So it got more and more technical. And then, um, I realized that it was gonna be my calling to come in and build something around messaging. So. Three,
0: three or 4,000 startups, um, oh, were those all dealing with blockchain or just a select few? Uh,
1: initially, there were very few. And then the use cases came around uh, 2017. We saw everything, good ideas, bad ideas. Um, just everybody wanted to decentralize something. Um, but uh, the ones that became successful are the sort of giants you see around today, um, from exchanges to DeFi projects. Um, and then, uh, there was a bit of a lull where we kept working with some projects during, um, 2019 or so. Um, and then there was a resurgence around 2020 and a lot of people were writing smart contracts and looking at what they could do with, um, DeFi. And that was obviously a big area. But the other thing that we started to see was a lot of social projects coming through, people trying to, uh, leverage tokenization in other models. Everything from shared ownership of real estate through coordinating, I guess DAOs are the best model of uh, decentralized coordination where you have a group of people all with one goal in mind, but they don't need to be in the same place. Um, And a lot of people trying to just figure out how to coordinate all of this and bring together like success, deliver results through the projects that they were working with. That's gotta be
0: really cool to kind of have a front row seat. Um, just looking at how, you know, tech is changing and how it's growing and new projects are being developed. Um, I know you mentioned that, you know, from this, you kind of went on to MailChain, but was there one project or, or a group of projects that were having similar issues that, you know, led you to the idea of MailChain or was it just
1: an idea that came to you? Uh, so actually MailChain itself was an idea that came to me. Um, I was at DevCon in Prague in 2018. And after a long day uh, working with startups at the conference and um, projects, I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't shake the idea of, we have these addresses. People are sending tokens and assets between these addresses, but nobody's sending messages. Um, so I wrote down a very sort of, uh, simple primitive of what I thought this would be, bearing in mind, it's the middle of the night and I wanted to go back to sleep and I went back to it the next morning. Um, thinking, is this going to be a load of nonsense or is it something that we kind of need to pursue? And at the time, Rob, my co-founder today, we spent so much time experimenting with uh, different ideas, both inside of AWS and in our spare time. Um, We just, we had so much fun uh, with one of the processes Amazon does well is uh, how to innovate. Um, and coming from a startup background, we would iterate through so many ideas. So this was just one to throw onto that pile. Um, but then at DevCon, I actually went and spoke to the ENS folks. They were, um, running an office hours there. And I was looking for people to tell me that this is a stupid idea. Um, either that you know, the the encryption wouldn't support it. The addresses are all wrong. Um, but nobody could come up with a reason not to. And there was very little in the space at the time. Um, status was, um, it did exist and, uh, they had pretty good chat, but that didn't use any blockchain rails at all. Um, so that's really where I thought of it. And then following that started to experiment more. Um, it took me a while to convince Rob that this was something that we needed to do because it looks so obvious. Um, once you see it, you can't unsee it, but you think, why hasn't it been done before? Um, so as we experimented more, we realized there is complexity. How does it scale? How do you support different protocols, different chain, address types, etc.? cetera. So those are the big challenges that we're facing today. Gotcha.
0: And yeah, just using the product, the little bit that I have so far, it, it's runs very smoothly. The interface is great. The idea is obviously great as well. And just as we shift to more of these human readable names, like with ENS, where identity is key and you know, the talks of these social interactions, there's obviously going to be a need for it. So, um, I definitely, you know, like I was saying, think it's a great idea, but now I, I noticed on the website that you guys have about 10 team members at the moment, how quickly did it shift from, you know, just you and Rob to a whole team working with MailChain?
1: Uh, so we built this uh, first implementation that I talked about, um, in 2019 and played around, got a couple of grants. Um, It was very much a side project. Um, And we reached a point where we thought we're either going to be doing this forever as a side project, and we both have lives outside of work, and and there's only so much energy you can throw at side projects before uh, deciding, um, is it going to be a success or do you stop? And we saw great signs of success, but we also saw that the implementation had problems. So we realized that if we were going to do this, we needed to go big. And we needed to come in very quickly, solve the problem, which needs solving today, which is communication. So there's a bunch of other things that Web3 provides. Uh, so all messages are end-to-end encrypted. Um, we guarantee people data privacy. Those are really big themes that are built in, but we're not leaning on those today. For us, it's how can we let people who are using, uh, any on-chain identity communicate today? because they interact with applications. Um, and often those applications need to send them messages. Uh, so we thought about this and we built out a plan and there were some investors here in London um, and some others based out of old um that we went and talked to. And um, they realized that this was actually a huge space to go after. So we raised some uh, funds and then set about building out our team and going to market with the plan that we had. Um, so far we've built out that team to be, uh, it's now 11 people. Um, and I think one of the biggest signs of success we've seen early is such a solid team. Um, quite often it's difficult to attract the right talent, but when I look across our team, these are all people who care about the future of web three. They care about humans for humans' sake. Um, and they're not distracted by too many of the shiny new objects that are coming up in blockchain all time. So that puts me in a really good position to help lead the company, because I know that these folks are just coming through and helping us build what should be the next generation of communication.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I mean, the only other person on the team that I've really interacted with, I guess, is uh, Megan. I think she's the community manager for you guys. And she does a great job on Twitter, you know, from what I've seen, really interactive and Uh, really just trying to explore, you know, what uh, projects are out there that could be utilizing MailChain. Um, but with that being said, are you guys still looking to expand the team currently Are there, you know, other positions that you need to fill or different people that you might want to
1: bring on soon? Uh, so we're definitely always at full stretch. Um, I think the one key role that we would really like to fill with a candidate, probably from the web three space, uh, is someone who knows about developer relations, who's able to go out and help bring on our integration partners, uh, help demonstrate MailChain's capabilities, be it to other communities or uh,
0: other projects. Well, hopefully one of our listeners might be able to take you up on that and maybe help you guys out there. uh, (laughs) Well, with, with that being said, I think it's important for people to understand whether they're looking to work for MailChain or not, why someone would want to use a Web3 messaging service
1: over, you know, current options. Do you have an answer that you would say for that? Yes. Um, so I think it's worth breaking down the components of MailChain before getting into this, um, there are really two layers. There's the layer that you've experienced, which is the inbox. Um, we've built a unified inbox. So if you have one or more wallet addresses, then you can register those with MailChain. We've created an account abstraction, so it's safe to use uh your wallet address within Mailchain, and your funds aren't going to be at risk there's no you don't have to keep signing things with your uh, key that you would be able to send funds with um, and then once you're in the mailchain environment, you have the unified inbox with all of your addresses there. so if you operate more than one, which is pretty likely, and um, the numbers that we're seeing is people have around ten identities each. Um, you need a good place to be able to manage that now. What's going to come into the inbox? It's going to be the uh, key messages from applications that you're using with your wallet. So think about how you use the internet today. When you sign up to a traditional web two app, they probably send you an email to tell you something about your account and give you a welcome email. Uh, They will call you back when they've got offers going on or new upgrades. And most of these are convenient. Let's not get into unsolicited mail for the time being, but You do want to hear from your favorite projects. You certainly want to hear in web three from the creators, uh, and some of the communities that you're part of. And that's what we're seeing today is those kind of use cases where people get some messages. So as your life moves into more of a web three powered, uh, paradigm, then you're going to end up with a lot more communication coming through there. And you could link it all to your, uh, Gmail or whichever other mail provider you're using, but that doesn't scale particularly well. Uh, it's very hard to partition all of the different addresses that you may have in different contexts. And do you really want to be linking that singular identity when you've got so many other options in web 3 So if you're a gamer, you have your gaming identity. If you're a defi DJ, probably don't want people to know about that. Uh, and if you're an NFT collector who's been curating your profile, that may be something that you want a little bit more public, but all of those probably have different communication tones. So that's the inbox. And that's one of the key pieces of technology that we've seen people, like once it's in their hands, uh, they love using it. And I hope that you've loved using it since you got started. Um, and then the next layer down is the protocol that we've built. And this is where there's a lot of clever stuff happening under the hood. Um, I can say that because Rob, Um, is the genius behind uh, all of the plans to implement what we wanted to do. So we started off by creating end-to-end encrypted messaging. You can send a message to people even before they've signed up. And when they sign up, they can collect that message. Um, We've built it in such a way that we can support any number of other protocols. So today we support every EVM out there. And we've got support for Nia, probably Kezos, and some other ones coming around the corner. So we can scale to support the different chains there today, but also we can scale in terms of the number of messages sent through. So when you think of the billions of emails that are sent every day, we can actually scale it out to support that through the way that we're managing the decentralized storage. And we can use the protocol to, the protocol was sharded. And people will end up in their own buckets. They'll be able to run their own infrastructure, um, which looks quite like email today. Email today is pretty decentralized. So we're not trying to do away with email. We think it's great, well-adopted, but what we need is something for Web3. And the pioneers in Web3 today, those are the folks who are having a lot of fun coming along and experimenting with the protocol uh, and working with us.
0: Wow. So that was, you know, a lot of really good information right there. And I do want to start by saying, you know, I have loved using MailChain so far. It has been, like I said, a really, really simple to use, easy, um, you know, product that's not like you have to learn a bunch of new things. It's very similar to other emails, you know, so really commend you on that. But with that being said, I'd love to kind of touch back on something you said with the inbox. So one of the things that you mentioned was about, I think, I think with my understanding projects, being able to use it to like keep their, I guess, members or holders informed would a NFT project be able to, you know, basically send out a message to all their holders in like a bulk email using this.
1: Yes. Um, so we've been working with some experiments behind the scenes with some projects. Um, so yeah, uh, let's say post mint, you want to send out a message to say, thanks so much or pre mint. Um. You can even send um, the equivalent of a magic link. So if you want to whitelist people, you can send them details through MailChain. So it gives so many other dimensions that builders can build their solutions around.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I saw, I can't think of who it was, but there was one of the big NFT influencers on Twitter the other day, just discussing how, you know, Discord, there's so much stuff going on. So many different, you know, groups in there and nobody can keep up with all the big announcements. You know, I, I, whenever I hear you talk about this, I think this is a perfect solution for projects and individuals looking to stay updated. You know, if projects really utilize it the right way, nobody has to scroll through all the channels and look for all the updates. They can get everything straight
1: to their MailChain inbox, correct? That's right. Um, I think the notifications or the announcements channel in Discord is one of my bugbears because I've always missed everything by the time I go in and check something. Um, and you have to be so proactive to go back to Discord to check every single different announcement channel. Um, and I think I'm in maybe 20, 30 channels um, and I just miss everything. So what I really like about MailChain and the folks that are using it today and obviously more to come on board later Uh, is that they can send you a message when that announcement goes out. Um, All the newsletters that tend to get a bit lost in the ether, if people don't want to link their email to every single application out there, it can just go to addresses. Um, So it's a pretty neat way. And the other thing whilst we're on this is there's a use case of people having to tell their users about something related to smart contracts. And at the moment, let's say, you're going to upgrade from one staking contract to another, or there's a security risk on one contract. How do you contact everybody who has interacted with that smart contract or who has funds on it? Discord gets you 60 to 70% coverage, probably. Um, but using MailChain, you can reliably send a message to every single address, and people can log on to MailChain and pick up that message. It doesn't matter. If they haven't signed up yet, when they get that message, at least the project has sent out messages to hundred percent of the people interacting with it.
0: I definitely saw the importance of this before this call, but the more and more you talk about it, the more, you know, amazed I am at what this can possibly be for people in the Web3 community in the future. And it certainly seems like a lot of the world is transitioning to blockchain technology, Web3, and you know. This seems like it has a lot of potential with that. Um, Is there any sort of competition that you guys are facing within Web3 for messaging services? Are you guys really
1: the only messaging service there is right now? Uh, So we've certainly been in this space one of the longest. I think status would be longer, but uh, I don't think we compete on that. When you zoom out a little bit, this is more of an opportunity than projects competing with each other. Um, We have... Web3, a new set of addresses, more identities to support than emails uh, over time. And there needs to be a very robust solution out there. So we listen to our users. We know the direction we need to go in to support them. And if we're wrong, uh, we can always make changes. And um, over time, I don't think that we need to worry about anybody building similar projects today. The wonderful thing I found about Web3 is the composable nature. So, um, looking at some of the chat applications, we do digests for some chat apps, so if you've missed a bunch of things going through chat, um, then you'll get it sent to your mail chain and you can catch up another time. Um, but then, uh, I think there is competition when it comes to email in general, and there's a lot of bad data practices out there with these huge stores of data, which contain people's personal information. And with MailChain being end-to-end encrypted, um, the nice thing is this doesn't sit as a honeypot for hackers to come along or hackers to come along and raid that data. Everybody's inboxes are self-sovereign. They own that. And so long as they're looking after their keys, then nobody else can come along and get access to that data. So what we want to see over time is people claiming back their data and be able to move into... uh, a better model, and you know, even if we're competing with existing email providers, if I saw them changing their practices and uh, encrypting the user's data so that only those users could decrypt it, um, I think I'd still be quite content with that. Yeah. I mean, I think at the very
0: least, it's going to eventually, uh, because we are so early, force the larger messaging and email providers to consider the encrypted side of things um, and you know, hopefully transition to this blockchain technology that it seems like a lot of the world and large companies and, um, you know, providers are starting to utilize. So I'd love to transition a little bit more into ENS. Was there something that made you decide to start utilizing ENS with MailChain? Um, You know, certainly a big fan of ENS here with the whole show being started around it, but was it the community or technology or something else that pushed you to
1: start integrating it? Well, I think even back in 2018, when I was at DevCon and I went and talked to Nick Johnson um, and asked him questions about this, I was aware of ENS and uh, coming from sort of early-ish internet or early commercial internet back in 2004, five, I realized that having a naming system is vital. So when I first saw ENS, because I'd already worked with um, quite a few Ethereum projects, uh, like it was a no brainer. But then as I got to know more of the capabilities that ENS can provide, so having an NFT as uh, the actual record means that you can do a lot more with it. And there's some very interesting ownership models around it. Um, It's it's kind of a no-brainer. Addresses are hard to remember, but ENS names are a lot easier. And then when you look at the applications, because you can already... Uh, use DNS with ENS, you can start to get some of the benefits from that tokenization. So being able to do token gating, for example, and interesting ideas around ownership, all of this, we're still super early, but builders will build. And when they see that um, you can have a different model, it will unlock new ideas, new experimentation. And that's why working around ENS is bit, it's extremely attractive as a builder because people are passionate about it and the innovation.
0: Yeah, the, the community certainly really cares about the project and really is trying to push it forward and start building things using their .eth. So, um, there's certainly a lot of potential with it. I guess one of the questions that I, I want to ask along with ENS is the potential maybe with subdomains with, uh, utilizing MailChain. Is that yeah. something that you guys have on your radar or maybe a possibility for people to use that, maybe a project
1: using subdomains to communicate through MailChain? Yeah, so we've already done some of that and subdomains are supported today. So the best use case is around DAOs today. And let's say every member of a DAO wants to have a MailChain address using their ENS subdomain. Um, so, you know, I can have uh, e, and then you can send a message to that um that's not a real record uh so subdomains do work and um in the same way that any kind of dns subdomain um or even email address those can be brought together um in how MailChain works for them so um i'm excited about it and i'm glad that the community is turning more attention to it because i think it was probably the least used feature that was possible but then with uh DNS wrappers around the corner. Uh, we're going to see some very interesting models coming, I think.
0: Definitely. There's certainly a lot of hype and, you know, has been at least for the last few months, if not longer around, uh, subdomains and the potential of building groups and different projects, utilizing them. So certainly excited to see what happens with that, but back to MailChain, uh, specifically, do you guys have any, you know, big future plans in Mara and new features that you, you're going to add on to MailChain by any chance?
1: Uh, Yes, I mean, we're we're still very early. Um, And so when we released the first version of our protocol in September, um, we started to work with projects around integrations. So people are starting to uh, build the MailChain protocol into their own applications. Um, We're on a path to decentralize more and more. Um, We had to make some uh, compromises to make sure that we could build something that solved the problem initially. Um, but one of the things that I'm really excited about in coming over the course of this year is gonna be the ability for anyone to run their own data stores. So if for example you ran uh it could be IPFS, but you may also choose a cloud provider, as a lot of businesses still rely on that. Um, you could point all of your encrypted messages coming into your own data store so that you could host that and then you can contribute back to Mailchain. Um if you want to be a hardware provider, so that you could be providing storage to the rest of the network. Um, Alongside that, we've got support for additional protocols. Um, We want to make sure that anyone using any protocol can come and use Mailchain. There's no point in covering just a few of the protocols out there, because when you think about, say, email, it's not like email is supported on every single website from web two. Uh, You don't need to I don't know of anything where you need to use WhatsApp or SMS to log in. Um and we want to see the same kind of adoption um in web3 everybody should just be dropping in a mailchain address and then you've substituted the need for traditional email but you've also got coverage at the standard.
0: You mentioned something about others building um mailchain into their own applications. One of the things just Again, I, I haven't used MailChain a ton, but just considering all the possibilities in the future with it was the potential to add it on to like one of the, you know, marketplaces, OpenSea or ENS vision for people to be able to communicate with, you know, Hey, I want to give you one ETH instead of two ETH, like something along those lines. Is that something that's possible with the project that you guys have created so far?
1: Yes, it is. Um, and I think. There's a really interesting dimension that comes with that, so with secondary market offers and marketplaces, we see a lot around any kind of n f t um there's a huge dimension that comes into people trading uh collectibles when they can actually have a conversation because someone might be holding on to something that they're somewhat passionate about, but if they meet someone who actually has a collection and you know they really want this token um They're much more likely to uh, sell that and um, it's a much better interaction than something that's just super transactional, which is, you know, price, agree, sell. Um, so I think it adds such a nice layer, uh, to people being able to, especially from the same community where people have probably spent some time in a discord together, um, and actually, you know, they get to build on top of those relationships. By messaging each other.
0: Yeah, this is such a, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it is a really small community. Um, but there's obviously people with multiple wallets and people who you might have seen in a Discord or, you know, on Twitter that you maybe have seen, but not necessarily communicated with. Uh, so this certainly seems like something that would really help that and, you know, foster more growth within these NFT communities
1: and more sales as well on the marketplaces. I just say it's worth adding to that that, um, with a lot of these sales that have taken place today, there's a certain element of risk in it, especially if you're going off channel, you don't know if someone really is who they say they are. And one of the really nice things about using, uh, on-chain addresses and the mail chains built in is that all addresses are verified. So there's no way that someone can send you a message from claiming to be an address that they're not, it just doesn't allow that to happen. So when you are dealing with someone on their Ethereum address, you know that that is their address or their ENS address that could all be linked back by proofs that you can prove, you can verify.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you added that because it does seem like every day there's a new scam being highlighted on Twitter, you know, within discords of people taking advantage of the long addresses or even finding ways around, uh, the, the current naming systems like ENS. and unstoppable domains and other options, um, finding ways to make it look like the name that it's not actually is. So I'm really glad you highlighted on that. Um, just one more question on kind of the future of MailChain. Is there like a plan for paid features in the future or how, how does that,
1: um, kind of vision work? Is it always going to be a free service? Uh, not a straightforward answer, however. Uh, let me try and give it to you in the most simple way that I can explain it. Um, so we have, the protocol is where we're going to see some fees coming through. Um, once we allow anybody to run hardware, um, then we'll provide storage ready. Um, we're going to turn on some fees, and one of the things that we wanted to build in and we will always have that's the guarantee as a founder, there's no way that I would let a decision be made to take this away, Uh, we believe that everybody should have access to messaging as a basic human right for free. So you and me, we can send social messages to each other up to a certain number every day for free, and there'll be no fees as humans. Um, Once people break out of that sort of number, probably 20 to 30, that's where we're experimenting. Once you break out of that, then you may need to pay some fees. But we thought, if email's free, but people have to compromise and give up uh, their privacy or some of their data, why can't we come back with another model that's as good as that, um, but doesn't have those compromises? So the public goods model is incredibly important to us. Um, and then on top of that, uh, when you look at people who do pay considerable amounts for email today, those are the business in sending transactional emails. and. With some of the interesting uh, decentralized storage solutions out there, pricing can be competitive with transactional messages, um, even though we're having to store those messages too, for now. Um, but monetization will come through fees. And also we're starting to nurture an ecosystem of other builders who are going to be building commercial solutions on top of mailchain. So everything you see in web two will probably start to exist in web three and there's a huge amount of opportunity for people to build enterprise software, um, run hosting, all sorts of models that open us up to making sure that we can sustain MailChain and the protocol and the software and people building it over time.
0: Yeah, I was, I was really just curious. I mean, obviously you guys have a, a team that you have to pay and I was really just kind of wondering, um, you know, what the future plans were. So that makes a lot of sense. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that you guys consider, you know, the ability to message on Web3 as a, a right that everybody deserves to have. So that's that's really great to hear. But Tim, thank you so much for, for coming on today. I really appreciate your time and just hearing everything that you have to say about MailChain. Certainly looking forward to see, you know, what the future has in store for your project and uh, can't wait to see more about
1: it. Thanks so much, Garrett. So I guess anyone looking to sign up to MailChain should head along to app.mailchain.com. Um, shoot me a message. I'm Tim at MailChain. Um, and, uh, we'd love to hear feedback on any of the features and thanks so much for having me on today. It's been great talking to you.